This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopsticksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this new episode of the of the Chops Kings and Neofalls podcast. Um, this is a quite a special edition, um, as this is our second interview. The first one we did with two AW rest, um, wrestler Taylor Adams, and today we have another special guest, uh, Matt Shelton of um, like the, the man behind the J Crown, um, the J Crown uh, books. Um, hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's it's an honor to uh, it's an honor to have you here. Um, and of course, uh, I'm not alone here, uh, as I have my co-host Conrad with me. Hello, Conrad. How are you doing? Hello, Val. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm very excited to do this interview. It's been uh, been an admirer of your work, Matt, for ages. So it's been really cool to have you on here. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Yeah. So um, as I was just um, as I as I was just telling you um, while we while we weren't actually recording, um, this interview is going to be in two parts. So just to brief our listeners um, for the for this episode, um, we're going to talk about your books in the first part, and then we're going to discuss more generally about pro wrestling and and the stuff that you like um, in the second more. Uh, or chill part about the of the interview. Uh, without further further ado, I suggest we just dive into this. Um, we just dive into this uh, with the first question. Um, essentially, Matt, what was the catalyst behind the idea of making illustrated books um, celebrating the history of Japanese wrestling? Um, well, I think I started um, planning the the books immediately after uh, my brother finished his book because he did um, eggshells and I illustrated that true and yeah. so for the the longest period of time I'd been working on the illustrations there just kind of doing what he wanted or needed matching the years and um, kind of every day for the preceding two years three years on on Twitter I'd been putting a picture up and um, I don't know I wanted to to expand the, the I don't know, range of things that I was looking at and I wanted to, to get as many people out there as, as possible. And so um, based around the pictures I was doing, I kind of thought, well, why, why can't I do a, a book around those pictures and, and just get them out there? Um, but the catalyst was really working on eggshells with my brother, seeing how that went well, and then then getting it, getting it out from there. And, and um, it seemed like a natural extension just to keep working in, in that medium and, and getting the pictures out in that way. Yes, truly. Yeah, that was. Um, I, I actually, I actually didn't get to to read eggshells. However, obviously, obviously, it's quite um, like that. That book made quite a lot of noise as soon as it as soon as it came out. Um, like, since you were in the, since you since you were a part of this project, uh, this was your first. Um, like, was uh, was this your first project surrounding? Um, the, the creation of a of a book like this, even though you were just um, essentially doing um, illustrations, um, a book well a book around around wrestling, yeah, um, mm. definitely. I mean, I did um, 
an illustration for his previous book as well, uh, mm. Lion's Pride. But um, yeah. most of that book was was photography. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Lion's Pride was around the time where I started changing the work that I was doing, going away from kind of inverted commas art and and working more into um, illustrating wrestling on yes. on a more obsessive daily basis as a way of. I know expressing myself and, and celebrating the lives of, of other people, you know. Um, so, yeah, his projects and my projects kind of were in sync at that, that period of time, and so it, it worked out really well. All right, um, I didn't I didn't actually um, mention that uh, we're going to take a turn each um, each of us uh, asking you one question. So like like it's going to be Conrad's turn, and then I'll go back to me, and uh, we're going to to proceed like that. Um, Sam, so yeah, as you said, um, like your yours and your brother's kind of projects like intertwined. Was there, and uh, obviously, like you've kind of been, kind of like sharing your art on like a daily basis for quite a while now. Was there kind of any kind of point where you kind of thought, well, um, like first said, like the J Crown project, um, like that you were going to kind of discuss championships and like the lineage of wrestlers and um, kind of like, when did that kind of idea for that direction come along? And was there any kind of other directions that you considered for it? Um, well, I think the the thing with the uh, sharing the pictures in and kind of like I mentioned before, it, it's about uh, celebrating uh, the lives of these people and, and their achievements. And I really want for the rest of, say, the, the time where I'm able, where my eyes work, my fingers work, and I'm able to, to produce work, I want to be drawing wrestlers, like people who've participated in the ring, people who've achieved things in the ring. Mm. Um, and, and that would be everybody, whether you've, you've just been in an opening match a couple of times, I want to try and get everyone done. And it, it's sort of the thing that I'll be doing for the rest of my life. Um, in terms of just looking at champ, I mean, you have to start somewhere, um, and putting it into a book, um, as a way of telling the largest story because uh, the champions perhaps touch the largest number of lives and you're able to tell the story of. A promotion as well through who they've chosen as their champion so the, the fortunes of the the company get reflected through those individuals um so as a way of creating a narrative as a way of creating some kind of um overarching theme the champions seem like the most logical place to start yeah actually it's about yeah it's really about the the structure in a sense so um yeah Right. Um, well, speaking of um, speaking of structure, um, in the process of in the process of ma of making the, those books, and as we and as we will actually talk a little bit later, um, the process, notably of publishing, has been a little bit, a little bit different between the two books. But during the process of making them, so before um, the, the the publishing part, what has been the most uh, difficult thing for you? Um, <laughs> my well, my baby pulled a wire which uh, attached oh. <laughs> to something else, which pulled something else over, which tipped coffee all over the laptop that I'd been working on. Um, so it, it fried the motherboard and um, we lost all the files for the book. But the, the day before we transferred everything over to um, the little tablet that I'm speaking to you on now. Mm -hmm. um, so that, I mean, it, it, physically that was, that was difficult to then work from a, a very small screen kind of editing and putting everything together. Mm. Um, but no, beyond juggling parenthood. Um, I think 
no, probably it's it's a very different angle to be looking at it from. Um, editing editing was difficult because I've read it and reread it and read it again, and I'm sure there are still typos, and I'm sure there are still mistakes in that book. And um, I don't know. And uh, I, I think the first couple of people who who purchased a physical copy, the the cover is a little bit wonky, and that again is something my fault. <laughs> but that's that's been fixed now. It's um, I'm not good at things. I'm I'm just generally not good at the practical doing of things. I can have very good ideas <laughs> and um, kind of leave me alone with a pen and a and a piece of paper, and I'm I'm happy. But um, actually, kind of putting those ideas out there, I I, I kind of have a habit of taking on very big projects and seeing them through to the end, and it, it generally ends up killing me. So I, I think the last time with um, John Snowden kind of taking that responsibility was a huge weight off my shoulders and um, certainly certainly easier. Uh, this one going out there and me doing it by myself, I feel kind of very anxious about it um uh and you know I, I feel i don't know i feel obnoxious whenever i try and sell it or whenever i try and and put it out there and and try and attract people to it and yeah i shouldn't yeah be. it's the whole promoting yeah you know but but that's it i i shouldn't be because again it's not it's not about me it's about the book and it's about the people mm. who are in that book um but then you know the product and and the the content of that product that an or are again somewhat inextricably linked so it, it's it's difficult to separate uh the person who has to produce and sell that book uh from the person who's who's made that book with this kind of idea of just celebrating lives and um i know getting it out there if if i could it would be free for everyone and i'd ask everyone just to go and look at it and enjoy it but you know, I, I can't. It has to go out through this this process where it's monetized, and and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but that. <laughs> That's completely understandable. It sounds like you had like a few kind of challenges with that, were like some kind of more kind of lighthearted challenges, but at the same time challenges nonetheless. Um, kind of looking on the flip side of that was uh, what was kind of like the most what were the most enjoyable parts of like the entire like process, be like editing or kind of the artwork or whatever else? Well, no, I mean, the drawing definitely is the most um, enjoyable part of anything. I, I kind of don't consider myself to be a writer, though it's something I've always done. And, you know, there's a book of poetry out there, which was published a long time ago by, by me. <laughs> so I, I, although I, I like writing, it's not, it's not something that I feel um i'd naturally identify myself as being also the drawing is is always going to be the most fun part i mean i liked um a lot of the research uh related to this because i know that um for some of these people in this book um it's the first biographical stuff in english written about them um so going through you know japanese paper clippings and um and things like that just getting information and feeling that I was doing something to, I know, something to prevent people forgetting that these people existed or forgetting that this happened, John. That that is very rewarding. And I imagine that through those research, it must have been some um, a little bit of um, a learning experience for you as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
you kind of as a as a fan you watch and then kind of you, you take the more academic approach and you try and broaden the the range of the things you look at but you never know everything about everyone or you yeah, know, there's always matches that come up and yeah well, a real pleasure well, speaking of real pleasure, um, we're going to talk about the, the the reception of your books and the, the quite the well, well, the very positive reception that you have. Were you were you at all surprised by that but that reception, where it was from the from wrestling fans and um, on on social media or even the the commercial sh success of the book? Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, the, 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 I wouldn't say commercial success that, that, because I, I know how much it's sold. It's not not all that commercially successful. <laughs> but um, no, again, I mean, the the positive reception I think is is again far more important for me that I'm able to kind of bring something to a community that I love and in many ways has has affected my life in um, you know such a positive way. You know, um, and it's 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 terrible. You know, but the world we kind of live in I've got my family and I've got um, you know I've got my partner and my daughter I've got social media <laughs> and through social media I've got this um, other group of people who are just so so important to me and um, to be able to put something out um, and to be accepted or to have that thing accepted by these people who I respect and, and um, who in many ways you know have saved my life you know it's um, yeah, no, again, incredibly thankful, incredibly grateful for the positive reception. Now, I was, I was um, shocked. I remember seeing the, the screenshot um, of the Amazon bestseller page the other day. And um, huge, like, huge congratulations to um, the fact that you they outsold the, the Young Books um, autobiography, which is oh, yeah. really insane. It really, really, really. Um, I don't know for how many minutes or hours that was the case but <laughs> yeah i had to get a, a quick screenshot of that while that was still up um yeah uh, it was that was surreal yeah i can only imagine um so we know the kind of as you mentioned earlier the first edition of j crown was published through um john snowden and the hybrid shoot project mm -hmm. um while the second was like self-published um mm -hmm. were there any kind of big challenges that like maybe you weren't expecting um or any challenges in general that came along with self-publishing a book um especially like considering like the reception and the anticipation of the first one and um how did you deal with those challenges um i think yeah i mean the the biggest challenge uh, i think was trying to make sure that it was trying to to remain in the same vein as that first book um because again something that a lot of people did mention about that first book was the way that it had been edited and um i had in my head that perhaps it had been completely changed or completely um you know uh, worked over or re rewritten <laughs> and then you know when i got a copy and i read it through and i said like, well that's not all that different from in fact there's there's not many differences there from the original manuscript that I handed to to the editors, and so then working on it, I mean that that really kind of heartened me. And I, uh, going at it then uh, this time around, um, trying to do it myself, um, I think the editing was something that, that really played on my mind. I wanted to make it as easy to read as the first book, as accessible as the first book. Um, so that was, that was definitely a challenge which 
uh, well, it's part and parcel of bringing out the book and trying to make it as, as good a quality as, as possible. Um, but it, it's something that it kind of plagues me still. And like I, like I said, I'm, I'm sure there are typos in there, but um, I, I think in the end, I kind of put out a book which I'm which I'm proud of, you know, now, um, now, especially, you know, with the distance of a, a couple of weeks of it coming out, I can I kind of look at it and know I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that it's out there. It's and it's really the most important thing, like being proud of what you uh, of what you produced. Like, like um, with Conrad, we're not uh, we're not producing any books, but we're but we're writing quite a quite a quite a bunch. And in a in a sense, I think we can relate to just um, yeah, being proud of, proud of the of the work that you do, and when you send it, when you send it out there uh, in like on the internet, and you. And whether the, what, pretty much whatever the reception is, like as long as you, as you feel proud of what you did, it's pretty much what what matters essentially. Like, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm oh, sorry, a bunch of workmen suddenly hammering outside my yeah. window. <laughs> Move over to a different part. Here we go. All right, slightly quieter over here. <laughs> All right. Um. Was uh, is there anything that you do to keep you to keep your skills sharp when planning a project out, or is it simply a matter of creating a piece of work from from a reference material? Um, well, how do you mean a project? By by project, you mean a, a book or uh, whether it is a book or more simply like all the illustrations that you that you post, uh, pretty much anything that you do relating to to your drawings, essentially. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's been, say, a daily process for the last um, four, four and a half years. I posted something up on Twitter for the last four and a half years. Um, so that's that's working on a, at least one picture a day. Um, and, you know, sometimes two, sometimes three. So uh, for the most part, it's it's for my I know, own gratification or my own sort of obsessive compulsive got to get this this out there. But then that really helps when it comes to composing a you know something for a commission or then for for a book project you know. um, um like the technical kind of folks out there that might be listening and um, what are your like preferred materials in terms of like your paperweight or like the pens that you use and like anything along those sort of lines um for the longest time, I was um, devoted to just using uh, Stedler uh, products, so uh, specifically the 0.05 Stedler pigment marker. Um, but say this year, I, I started using Copic pens a little bit more uh, because they've got a, a 0.03 nib. So for for the fine work, I mean that that really kind of that, that that kind of tipped the balance and made me even more obsessive about little details and little things because um, a lot of the pictures that you see are, are actually tiny tiny they kind of fill the screen when the picture is taken but they're they're really quite small um and uh, as far as the paper it used to just be a a, a campus school sketch pads uh with the with 100 and was it 140 140 gram or whatever it might be, uh, but they they changed the composition and I don't they did it sneakily because they were a very cheap pad, 
And I guess they thought, well, this is just for schools and so no one really cares. Um, but they changed the composition of the paper. So now the paper sucks up the ink a lot more than it used to. Um, so I've had to kind of troll around and find other pads which which work best with with what I do. And I think there's a, a really expensive, it's a super geeky question, a super geeky answer, but there's a, a, a pad by a company called Strathmore, uh, which is really, really good. And kind of drawing on it, it's just like um, kind of uh, wood carving, you know, it's kind of getting the ink in, it's really satisfying. <laughs> I'm sure your answer to that, like the the quote unquote geek, geeky answer to that question that you gave gave is gonna is is gonna help some of the potentially some of the some of the people listening to this who are actually draw, drawing as well, whether they're, they're they're drawing about pro wrestling or any or anything. I'm sure they can they can find some uh, some interesting bits of information for their own materials. So so that's no, great. That's, that's I mean, there's some incredible artists. On Twitter and, and Instagram yeah. in general, and that's it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and lastly, for the first part of the of the interview, pretty much the biggest part. Um, in your interview with Wrestling, you mentioned that there are, that there are in fact plans for a volume three of the series. Um, are there any areas that are that you are planning on covering on covering or wrestlers whose work you feel a need to share in the in that um, in the uh, third volume? Um, well, the third volume is is definitely coming out uh but it, it might not be for a long time i don't know three or four years because uh sitting down over the last couple of days deciding to throw myself headlong into two two other books um i've got one idea very very strong in my head and that might come out kind of sooner um but I mean, with any kind of process where you're creating something like uh, a book or a piece of music or a movie, it just takes so long from inception mm. to, to writing, to producing, to yeah. then bringing out. So you're, you're looking into the distant, distant future. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, volume three definitely have um, kind of the people I wanted. Because the whole idea of Jay Cram from the very beginning was to make a, a very big illustrated book of everyone. And mm. um, you can't do that <laughs> so, yeah. yeah like printing costs and size and practicality mm. so um we'll get bjw into the next one um dragon gate into the next one ice ribbon into the next one marvelous into the next one sendai girls All right. the um there's a lot of people who you know, haven't been spoken about who, who really need to be spoken about and um those co again those companies looking at the champions allows you to cover an awful lot of ground and and mm. get a lot of people into the conversation who who perhaps have been brushed over absolutely because like the the promote the, the promote some of the promotions that you mentioned uh the likes of dragon gate bjw even ice ribbon uh, this promote these promotions for um let's say um like i'm gonna use the term puro nerds uh, for the <laughs> like but i like Pretty, pretty, pretty much people like me and others, but like, we know of these promotions and we and we know some bits of histories. But in in the in the grand scheme of things, these are relatively unknown promotions in the in the realm of pro wrestling. So getting the the, the opportunity to really well put the spotlight on them in a the book and that's it. No, really, really important. Um, like um, when me and my brother started out, you know. Wrestling, um, Torayamon were uh, the tapes I'd get of Torayamon were just so, so important. 
um, to us, just in terms of learning things, doing weird stuff, and um, you know that nobody else would have seen or nobody else would have done. Um, and then, of course, yesterday they uh, Torayman lost the big stable disband match, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, there is this arc of history with these people here um, going off then into other companies and um, through. You know, Shingo's work now, and um, even um, Yokosuke and AJPW at the beginning of yeah. the year. Um, I don't know. Seeing how they then affect the the entire uh, the entire culture, you know, not just an obscure little company who you might not have heard of. It's one of the great pleasures of writing about, say, um, Sasuke, and being able to talk about Michinoku Pro, and mm. and being able to get that out there. Um, and try and encourage people to explore those those different areas, those different corners that they might not have looked at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly, and to to move back quickly on Toriyaman, like, uh, like for for those you know, um, essentially the the, um, the Toriyaman generation and um, and that promotion has been extremely innovative in what they were doing. They were pretty much quite ahead quite ahead of their time. So it's it's one of those things which I think, uh, as wrestling fans, and when you start to look at the at, at the history, at the history, and some of the and when looking at the uh, the wrestlers that we see now doing some of the um, of the the air flying and very athletic stuff, yeah. and you can just dive back into 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 some guys who have been well, pretty much precursors to that to that stuff, and it gets yeah. you, it get. It gets you into that bit of thing. It's pre it's always pretty interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you go further back, and you have Ultimo Dragon, and you, you yeah. go further back, and you go further back, and it. I know. Again, it's 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 all it's very much like music. You know, you listen to something now, and you like something, and you think, well, where did they get say that drum sound? Oh, they got it from this. And where did they get that beat from? Okay, they sampled it from this. So let's listen to the original. And, <laughs> I don't know, it, it, it's, it's sort of endless, and, and so this is it, and I say that I'll be doing it for the rest of my life, I mean, it's, it's, it, there's just not enough time to cover the people who you've been influenced by, but you don't know that you've been influenced by, you know, because they influenced the guy who influenced the guy who influenced you. Exactly, yeah. It, well, yeah, and, and wrestling is such, is such a big medium, like, like we're fo we're focusing on mainly on Japanese wrestling here, but obviously, like you, once you look at outside of Japan, just for two human, obviously they've been uh, they've had their own um, thing in in Mexico. So it's pretty much a worldwide thing, and mm -hmm. just so much to, to dive into. Yeah. Um, well, then next we're going to move uh, to the to the more well to the smaller and chill part of the interview uh, with the. With, as we're going to discuss wrestling in general, uh, Conrad, I'll let, uh, I will let you start with the with this part. Thank you. Um, so, look, looking at like the book, uh, your books, and obviously a lot of the drawings you do uh, share on social media, um, kind of more as Val said, like literally just um, it's safe to say you're like a fan of Japanese wrestling. Um, as of now, like who are some of the wrestlers that kind of you enjoy watching the most? Like putting like art and everything else, like just from like a fan point of view like who, who do you enjoy watching the most um from this year uh there's been a lot of, of could be in general stuff. as well i in general i far too big a question um then, then i just stick to this here then <laughs> 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 uh, 
you know, this because this is it again. Everything in some way, um, there there's something. There's something you can pick up and something you can enjoy. Uh, this year, although it's it's been terrible. <laughs> in lots of it's rooms. been a weird year. It's been a very weird year, but there's been some great wrestling and there's been some great people. Like people who really again have sort of sparked the imagination. Like watching Noah. Um, this year has been good because they, uh, the way they booked their champion, um, Shiozaki has been tremendous. Definitely, say like the wrestler of the year. Um, because of the trials that the man's gone through, I mean, that people can just empathize with this guy and, and empathize with with the wars that he's gone through and and the fact that he's still standing, the fact that he's still the champion. Um, I think that's it's it's been a wonderful story from beginning to end with with Noah. Um, so I mean, younger people. Um, I like uh, Inamura uh, from Noah Yoshiki Inamura, um, uh, Suzuki from Ice Ribbon, as well. Uh, Suzu Suzuki as a champion again, as a very very young person starting out, she's got this maturity and this this level of ability. Um, again, kind of sticking with with Lady Risa Sera has been tremendous, um, and um, say Rina Yamashita as well. Doing mm. the matches and freedoms, yeah, no, just this incredible force of nature. As she's just, um, I know, as somebody who would inspire you, you know, as somebody who you just watch and instantly be captivated by. She's got this, yeah, I don't know this, this incredible quality. Um, then again, I mean, my brother's company, um, uh, Shingo is always fun to watch. So anything that he's done, Ishi is tremendous. Uh, Hiromu's had a great year as well because he's always fun and different and yeah. Probably a lot, lot of things to watch and enjoy. Yeah, Hiromu is probably one of the the most captivating wrestlers that you can find right now. Like just in yeah. terms of the whole look and the pretty much everything that he does, like in and out yeah. of the ring, it's he has really kind of created his own little world in a sense. But the, but that's it, and it's the sense of well if. If he can do it, then there's there's really nothing stopping anybody. I mean, there's um, mm. you know he's come back from this horrific injury, mm. um, which could have could have killed him. You know, he had a broken mm. neck, and he's come back, and it hasn't slowed him down. He's just different. I mean, it, it, there is this this inspirational quality to his story. And but again, you look at the wrestling, and you see the people who who suffer so much on on a daily basis and you think well how do you go out how do you kind of put all that pain that you're going through aside to do what you you do but i think hiromo um as a character is is certainly unique in, in what he's been able to do yeah 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 really um the, the part about inspiration really is is really the, is really the biggest part and it makes you um like seeing people like uh, I guess the I guess the, the the main example that you that you brought up really is is Go Shiozaki. Like, you, you look at him the, the year that he had, and obviously uh, he's probably the, the the main example of a guy who you you look at him and through the things he's been through, you not that you really question is your it's not really questioning his drive but you you wonder what makes makes him push him uh makes him push this hard um uh, and just yeah. go beyond it beyond these limits pretty much all the time yeah it's yeah, like the um 
Yeah, like the reception, like to basically like any picture of Shizaki that's been shared, and there have been so many people like on my timeline that are like, well, why are you doing this? Like you're, you're falling apart. You look absolutely like dead on your feet. Like, and it's kind of it's amazing how he's kind of even in like a quote unquote smaller company like Noah, um, they kind of like have. I don't. I don't like saying smaller because obviously they're running um, the Budokan in February. But, um, but yeah, like the fact that he can kind of get that much kind of attention and kind of that much sympathy from maybe like people that haven't watched Noah um, before, and it's absolutely incredible. Um, and there's you could make a case for um, obviously like Hiromu is the same. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible how much we kind of inve- emotionally invest in these kind of characters. No, that's it. because again, life life is difficult. You know, it's it's been um, hard this year again to, to empathize with, um, say, Naito, um, because we've got real life. I think everybody now has real life issues and real life problems. You know, it's it's hard to empathize with a champion who tells you that tranquilo, just relax. You know, it's it's difficult. No, we want to see people who've been through the wars and, and have stood up. And it's it's the thing, as a, as a storytelling medium, um, you need to be able to empathize with your heroes. You need to be able to empathize with exactly. your champions. Otherwise, they're bad champions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're going we're gonna to move on a little bit. Um, have you had a particularly pleasing discovery within wrestling this year? Um, well, I, I mentioned the the two earlier, uh, Suzu Suzuki uh, yeah, with Ice Ribbon, and um, yeah, Yoshiki Inamura, uh, particularly the way that he's now come out of Congo and he's his own person, and he's um, sharing the main event now, and he's he's being given this position to shine. Um, I think I, that that's that's been a pleasant discovery. Um, the fact that. Um, I think the the culture broadening as well, just just lots of people interested in lots of different things, and um, kind of Dragon Gate getting more vocal support, um, it's a delight to see, you know. Um, so I think just a pleasing discovery more that wrestling didn't stop and doesn't stop, and nothing can really stop the telling of these stories. Um, and then also, I mean, the community that is around it is supportive surrounding it. And it's, uh, it's more of a general a general thing. I mean, definitely a few people have really stood out. But the fact that, that wrestling has endured and, and will endure, and I mean, that, that's been more, more, I don't know, more of a pleasure to see this year when everything else has been grim as hell. You know? Yeah, wrestling has really been like one of... Um... One of those bright spots in bright bright spots in in this well well we said it in this in this year with the pandemic and and pretty much everything that happened um, like seeing wrestling as you as you said keeping on enduring all these things that happened like it I guess it kind of goes back to the inspiring part that we were discussing earlier um, like you, you see the, just this whole medium that that bash that. You're you're so passionate about and these restaurants which you which are inspirational and you see the and you see them all tr- trying to find ways to keep doing what they do and in a sense it pushes you I guess absolutely yeah um, 
like the, uh, the kind of interview with uh, Kassai, Yoon Kassai, when asked why, why he does these things and um, why he risks his life and bleeds the buckets that he does. And you know, his answer is you know, just because you've got these people who go to work and do soulless jobs, which are destroying them, you know, but they come and they see me do this and they feel that they can then get up in the morning and they can go about their lives. Um, and it, it goes all the way back to Ricky Dozan beating the Americans back in in the 50s. Um, you know, the, the country can pick itself up. You can pick yourself up. You can you can do it. You know, whatever you're going through today might suck, but you've got to get up tomorrow. You can do it. You've got the strength to do it. You know, so it's I know it, it's the beauty of pro wrestling as a as a medium is uh, that it, it does it in a way that just very few things can you know, a piece of music can or a piece of literature can but pro wrestling does it in this very physical visceral way mm. that just just nothing else can absolutely it's really like insane the kind of I'm sure like myself and val I, i'm sure the other same that wrestling's kind of been um i think i put it as an escape um kind of a sense of this is going to sound really weird, but a sense of calm in a world that doesn't provide that, especially like in this year more than any, um, it's been kind of really all over the place and it's been so unpredictable and kind of the world's been filled with fear. And then you have, say, um, New Japan with their documentaries and obviously Noah we're doing the MD arenas and you have like all these wrestlers that are still kind of, obviously like the physical risks that they face on like, so like in any other year. And then you, like you see them kind of putting themselves maybe at further risk with um, the coronavirus and, um, I think it's cool that it kind of like a lot of companies have kind of taken those precautions um, and kind of they haven't rushed back into anything um, as such. Well, it's especially like in, um, say, like Ring of Honor in the West and um, obviously like a great deal of the Japanese promotions. And it's really cool. Um, and yeah, it's been really good. Um, and kind of just like leading on from like how good wrestling's been this year. Um, what's your favorite match from like within this year? Um, <laughs> my brain just goes completely blank. Um, I think going right back to the beginning of the year, and actually somebody I didn't mention, say uh, Yuya Aoki as um, BJW Junior mm. Champ, he had some incredible matches. So the match with Fuminori Abe from February. Oh, Abe as well. I mean, the astronauts. Again, the pleasures from this year. Um, Abe and Nomura have been tremendous. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that's it. I mean, his, his early matches in the year, there's there's one on um, YouTube, I think, El Lindemann. Go, go watch that, because Lindemann's mm. tremendous as well. Um, Risa Sever and Arena Yamashita, again, uh, their match from August uh, was tremendous. Um, say recent stuff, because my brain is, is like that. So Hiromu and, and Desperado uh, from the other week was, again, sensational storytelling. Um, and Again, just a couple of days before, everyone was saying match of the year for Shiozaki's um, Sugiyura, and, and that was that was tremendous as well. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, those those matches. <laughs> all all great picks. So, so it's it's all good. Those are those are all great matches. Um, and I guess um, the last question we've got for you. Um, it's more of a projection um, for 2021. What is the what is the one thing which you are looking forward to the most? The one thing. 
yeah. Whether it is whether it is about wrestling or maybe some personal pro, maybe some personal project that you have, like is there is there really one thing standing out of uh, out of the things that you look that you look forward to? My daughter's second birthday. I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> uh, but wrestling, wrestling. Um, I, somebody sent me a message last night. A good friend called Dan. Um, he's great for keeping me up with uh, Mishinoku Pro. Um, sends me links and, and keeps me in touch with it. But uh, he also mentioned the Sendai Girls versus Marvelous uh, Seven on Seven series. It's mm, coming um, in January. Yeah. In January, um, which would be again something to look forward to. Um, I'm going to go though with family loyalty. Looking forward to my brother being back in the Tokyo Dome with Wrestle Kingdom um, just in a few days. So looking forward to that immediately. That's technically next year, right? That's just a couple of weeks away. But mm-hmm. We'll go with that. <laughs> so there was a saying that we were going to end the interview on like a chill note. And I think those are kind of the most kind of, kind of I guess, complex questions. There's so many answers to that could have yeah. been. Oh no, that's it. I mean, there's uh, so many possibilities, and um, no, that's it. Looking forward to the surprises that it will bring, and looking forward to uh, just being able to to stay doing what I'm doing, and um, very lucky to have the life that I have. So I'm just looking forward to having more of it. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's kind of uh, Val. Have you got anything to? No, well. Well, we're pretty much done. We're pretty much done. So I guess we can uh, we can pretty much uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah, the usual social stuff then. Yeah. Um, to start with our um, esteemed guest, uh, Matt. Where can people find you and your work um, on the interweb? On the inter thing, uh, Twitter. I'm Shining Wizard DS. Um, uh, Instagram. I'm Shining Wizard Designs. Um, you can buy the book on uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon everything, um, such as J Crown, Volume 1 or 2. Um, yeah, that's it. Drop by, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, I would, listeners at home, um, I would not, well, I would absolutely recommend checking out all of Matt's stuff. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and as you can tell from this interview, one of the nicest people. So uh, thank you again for giving us some of your time. Um, uh, yeah. Real pleasure. Yeah, we truly appreciate it. Yeah. Interview number two, and it's we've been on the up. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, Val, where can people find you on the social media mm. and whatever? Well, on Twitter, I can be found at um, at Matt Genius Val. Um, I have also, uh, in terms of uh, my work, you can find uh, my other account where I publish my articles at. Adval Talks Puro. Um, same thing on Facebook, uh, and you can also fi- you can also find my pieces on sites uh, so that, such as uh, the Churchot and uh, thechurchot.com. And Puro is a gate where I where I cover um, Big Japan Pro Wrestling and 2AW as well. So pretty much uh, lots of pure work, and uh, and yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Um, and as for me, you can find me. You can find my work at 25yearslatersite.com sportsobsessive.com uh, chopskicksandnearfalls.com um, follow me on Twitter at elcompatdonut and uh, yeah I think that's it um, so yeah um, Merry Christmas to all our listeners uh, Matt, Val, Merry Christmas and a Happy <laughs> yeah, New Year Merry Christmas.
Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, 